1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Your team every single day during the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify. And coming very soon, you'll be able to check out every single episode of the show over on YouTube. I've had folks ask before, when are you going to go on YouTube? Well, they told me this week that I have until the end of the month to get on YouTube or get out. So I'm going to continue to do the podcast You'll hear it on Apple Podcasts. You'll hear it on Spotify. And now you get to watch my ugly face on YouTube talking about the Carolina Panthers. It's a weird concept to me that people watch podcasts on YouTube, but apparently it's going to grow the audience and it's only going to be a good thing. So, whatever. I guess I'm going to have to do it. Um, but also, to participate, before having to look at my ugly face every time we do the show, you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Council or every single Friday. I do the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers to participate. You either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. And I maybe in the future you can comment on a YouTube show and then I'll answer your questions. I don't know. But that's the best way to uh, reach me for all my Carolina Panthers thoughts and thoughts on all things that pertain to Charlotte sports. And whatever is going through my mind that I think about putting out on Twitter. It was very cool to hear what was going through the mind of Scott Fitterer as the Senior Bowl week is underway down in Mobile, Alabama. The draft starts in Mobile. The worst time of the year is basically here. And it's unfortunate because I honestly think to myself, had Matt Rule gotten fired, that would have been two free months of content before the start of free agency. Instead, we're talking Senior Bowl. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to be a long offseason, folks. If you listened to me last year, you know how much I despise the NFL draft and everything that goes with it. Checking out hand sizes and weighing dudes publicly, which apparently is no longer going to happen anymore. Just how weird of a concept all that is. And also, I love college football. I love watching these players where it's so much more fun down in college football. The NFL, yes, is a better product. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks with the with the uh, the playoffs, especially the divisional round, and then even Sunday afternoon, Championship Sunday was awesome. The NFL is great. I've always been a college guy more than an NFL guy, but I love just the college guys and what they are able to do down there and just how it's just more and more fun and it's not as stuck up. And then I hate when they come to the NFL and we sit here and we trash them for every single flaw that they have. Instead of just pointing out what's great about them. That's why I hate the NFL draft. But it's a part of the NFL industrial complex. And it's something we're going to talk about on the show. Because this is Locked on Panthers. And you, the listener, want to hear about the NFL draft. I will try to give you the best NFL draft coverage and offseason coverage I can give you. I'm excited about free agency. Love talking about that kind of stuff. But after we get out, once we get past free agency, not necessarily the biggest fan of the draft. I will talk about it every day, and I will do it, and I'll try to do my best. That might not be the greatest endorsement for people listening. We're like, hey, well, maybe I shouldn't listen to you. You should. It's not even just listen. You'll have to look at me, too, because by that time, I'll be on YouTube. But anyways, to what I actually want to talk about today, Scott Fitterer, your general manager, who I told you to trust in last week, if you don't want to trust in the Matt Rule and the coaching staff, Fine. So be it. Trust in Scott Fitterer. Trust in Samir Suleiman. Trust in Pat Stewart. Trust in Dan Morgan. Trust in Matt Allen and what David Tepper has been able to build there with those guys on the football side of the front office. Trust in them. Darren Gant, my buddy, um, neighbor here in Elizabeth here in Charlotte, just told people where I lived, unfortunately. We don't know why I just did that. Either way, he works for Panthers.com and he had a conversation with Scott Fitterer that came out on Tuesday on Panthers.com. Just asking Scott about his thoughts on the Senior Bowl and the draft and the strategy the Carolina Panthers have coming up here over the next month to three months here until the end of May or end of April. Um, first off, he was asked about weighing the value of a top 10 pick versus adding more picks. As you all know, the Carolina Panthers have the sixth overall pick, and then after that, they don't have a pick until the fourth round, which is no bueno, especially for a team that got 11 bites at the apple last year. We saw Scott Fitterer maneuver the draft like we had never seen before, and we imagine and I imagine he'll probably try to do that again, but is he willing to give up that number six pick to do that? He said... When you're picking at six, there's going to be a really good player there, like a franchise-type player. You have to understand how your board works. People say there's a ledge around 16 to 18, which is something that we've heard before from Scott Fitterer, where the talent level falls off. If you can move back and still get a similar quality of talent and pick up picks, yeah, that's great. But we're not going to pass on a guy that we think is a game-changer. You just don't move out of those picks unless you think you can receive equal value and get more picks. That right there tells me that the Carolina Panthers are not looking to move back from six, even if it means a haul, unless they get something that's just absolutely crazy and they can still stay in the top 10 or, I guess, within that 16 to 18 range before everything falls off talent-wise and you basically get the same players for the next 24 picks. That's at least Scott Federer's philosophy. I'm cool with that. I've already said it to you before. If Evan Neal is available at six overall, which you probably won't be, the Carolina Panthers are going to take him. If they fall in love with another offensive lineman like Charles Cross and he's at six overall, the Carolina Panthers are going to take him. It's also important to recognize that they have to go through free agency to then set themselves up for the draft. That's what they did last year where they could go best player available at eight, which I understand a lot of y'all are not happy about how that worked out. I think the thoughts and opinions of how things played out at eight would be different had J.C. Horn played throughout the entire season. But the fact that the quarterback situation was terrible and that Justin Fields in Chicago, we'll see how he plays, even though he wasn't great this past year. And then Mac Jones took New England to the Patriots, New England Patriots to the playoffs, even though he's the reason why they got dump trucked against Buffalo Bills and they fell off and didn't win a division at the end of the season. And of course, passing on Rashawn Slater, all those things upset you. I do not right now think. Here in early February, the Carolina Panthers are looking to move back from six unless they get a great offer and can get multiple guys that can help turn around this franchise there in the top 15 picks of the draft. Also, Scott Fitter was asked about balancing the needs at multiple positions with a top 10 pick, and if safety could be a choice, say a guy like Kyle Hamilton were sitting there. Scott Fitter answered saying that it's possible everybody is unique, but there is a value to positions though. He says left tackles, corners, three techniques, pass rushers, those are all the game changers on your team along with your quarterback. A safety can be, but it's not always probable at that level. If it is a safety that we wanted, that might be a position where we try to go back and see if you could get somebody better a little bit later or get someone a little bit later than drafting six overall. So if they liked Kyle Hamilton, they're like, well, maybe we can just trade back and he might still be there and we get another pick, that would be something that they would do. So... When you're looking at the number six pick, left tackle, a corner, which they have plenty of three technique, pass rusher, and of course a quarterback are what they're looking at. And really, it's not just, it's not those other positions. It's really comes down to left tackle and quarterback, which I think are the two positions that the Carolina Panthers would be looking at going into the draft, depending on how, of course, free agency plays out. Now, when Scott Fitter was asked about the quarterbacks, he was specifically mentioned Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, someone he's already be Talked about during his exit interviews a couple weeks ago that Kenny Pickett's a guy he likes that they saw play at the ACC championship game in Charlotte where he lit up Wake and he had a great season helping Pitt win the ACC. And he also played really well against Clemson, one of the games that Kenny Pickett wanted to come back and play in to prove that he could have success against top college talent and talent that would eventually be highly valued when it came to the NFL particularly that Clemson defense where he threw, I think, three touchdowns in that game and was awesome that afternoon in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field when they won that game. But to hear Malik Willis' name, too, leads me to believe, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but it leads me to believe that those are the two guys that they're primarily interested in. We also we already talked about Sam Howell earlier this week. Like Sam Howell is what he did at Carolina. I'm not a huge fan of Sam Howell heading into the NFL, we will see how things play out. Obviously, situation is vitally important. Zach Wilson was terrible last year, the worst of all the Jets quarterbacks. It's based off of he didn't play against anybody at BYU last year, which I mentioned to you all, and also the Jets' stake. Mac Jones goes to the playoffs, has success because he was in New England and they had a great free agency. Chicago, bad situation. Justin Fields didn't get any protection that first game when he played on the road against the Browns, was not set up for success. And also, Matt Nagy has no idea what he's doing. Trey Lance didn't really play at all this year. Jimmy G was the guy the entire time. Davis Mills is not really someone we were talking about. Ended up having one of the better seasons, maybe even the best season of all the rookies, just based off of how he played in Houston this past year. Trevor Lawrence got his ass kicked all year. Looked good, looked bad. Bad situation in Jacksonville. Hell, he's almost at the point where he might need to be asking for a trade because they're running that organization to the gro- – oh, it's already into the ground, but they're starting, they're running into the earth's core. That's how bad Shad Khan, the owner, in Jacksonville is by sticking with Trent Baalke, who might be the most hated man in the National Football League right now among executives and players and all people in the NFL. But quarterback, it's all about situation. What's the situation Carolina Panthers could be bringing their quarterback in, which is important to think about when also trying to find some of those high-potential, high-ceiling quarterbacks like Rodgers, like Watson, like Wilson if they come available. Moving on to more of the conversation Scott Federer had with Darren Gantt when he was asked this, how do you weigh the importance of finding a left tackle versus a quarterback when you're evaluating players? Federer responded by saying, you just take the best available. If you have a quarterback you think can win with long-term, obviously you'd lean that direction. You're always looking for that. It's not the safest way to go, but you have to take your shots. Anytime you're in the top 10, you've got to think about taking a shot on a quarterback if you were able to. Left tackles are probably easier to identify if if you think they can step in and play left tackle for you for 10 years. That's always a solid pick as well. It's however you want to address it, but if you have a quarterback you like, you take a shot there. It feels pretty straightforward for me. Obviously, free agency, have to see how things play out. But the Panthers don't get a new quarterback during free agency. They're going to take a quarterback at six. And that quarterback feels like it would either be Kenny Pickett, most likely, or Malik Willis. If the Panthers are able to find a quarterback via trade before the draft or on draft night or in free agency before the draft... They'll go left tackle at six. That's also important to mention, too. They could very well be in a situation come draft night, which is where you always want to be, where they already have a quarterback in place. And then they already have a left tackle in place. Let's say they get Garoppolo and they get Terran Elmstead. Then quarterback left tackle situated already for 2022. You can go. With the luxury pick of Kyle Hamilton, or they could get another corner if that's one of the, with that is that if that's what they wanted to do, or maybe there's an edge rusher sitting there at six, or maybe they trade back and they can still stay within the top fifteen and get multiple picks later on in the second or third round and build things out. I think that's probably the preferred scenario. But just looking at it, if they're at six and left tackle and quarterback have not been properly addressed, I imagine that Scott Fitter and the Carolina Panthers will be going with one of those guys at six. I don't think it's anything revolutionary that I'm saying. I'm sure it's a thought that a lot of you all have. But from what I got and gathered right there from Scott Fitter and the conversation he had with Darren Gant, that's where the Carolina Panthers are probably headed right now. Don't want to trade back unless they can find great value, which is obvious, and the quarterbacks they seem to be interested in are Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. And if one of those guys is there at six and they already had the left tackle figured out, they don't have a quarterback figured out, that might be the answer for the Carolina Panthers. Now, I'm not necessarily on board with that, though. And I'll get into that here in just a moment. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource from 1953 to 1987 personnel assigned to Marine Corps base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures. And they are working to keep those Marines, their families and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. Okay, so I already hinted at it and pretty much gave away my thought here during this segment. I'm not really on board the Carolina Panthers drafting a quarterback. Again, their decision-making when they go to the draft, will be dictated on what happens during free agency. What I think should happen during free agency is the Carolina Panthers procure a starting quarterback. If they don't do that, then Sam Darnold's the guy in 2022. I say that, and I, I have the thought and I have the feeling a part of me. I mean, I want this team to win next year, and I know good and damn well that if Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback next year, the Carolina Panthers are going nowhere. Even if the Saints can't find a quarterback, even if the Bucs can't find a quarterback and Matt Ryan's there in Atlanta, the Panthers will have the worst quarterback situation because there's no way possible that the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can find a quarterback worse than Sam Darnold. It's just not. He's the worst starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's terrible. He should never have been given the opportunity to start here in Carolina, but alas, he's here. Either way, if they don't, Find someone, which Scott has said they're not going to force a quarterback decision. If they cannot find an upgrade via free agency or a trade before the draft for Sam Darnold, then he should start next season. David Tepper forced a quarterback change when he did not want Teddy Bridgewater here anymore, and that led to Sam Darnold. If I own the Carolina Panthers and I watched Matt Rule and Scott Federer do the dumb thing by bringing in Sam Darnold and then he was terrible last year, which was so predictable, and which I told y'all from the beginning would happen, I would be sitting there telling them, Coach him. This is your guy. You coach him. You brought him here. You coach him up, you fix him, because they talk about how he was a young player being in the situation here in Carolina, how it would be better, and I'm sure if McCaffrey had been healthy and had the offensive line been better, he would have played better. But the problem is Sam Darnold just doesn't have it, and he's not going to have it. It's just not going to happen for him. Maybe it will, and I'll be wrong, and I will be glad to apologize, especially if that means that the Carolina Panthers finally find a quarterback that can help them hoist a Lombardi trophy and lead a parade down trade and Tryon. But it's not going to happen with Sam Darnold. And if it happens with Sam Darnold, it will be one of the world's greatest miracles that we've ever seen. It won't be quite like Jesus walking on water, but it would be damn near close. And I know that's blasphemous for me to say. But seriously, for that guy to turn it around and win a Lombardi would be shocking. And I'm not saying holding a clipboard as a third stringer for a team. I'm talking about leading a team to a Super Bowl. And I apologize. Sorry to get off on the Sam Darnold tangent and be mean. But that's how I feel. Like If they don't find a quarterback option, then hey, the guy you brought in here last year, that should be your guy then. According to everything we've seen, but McAdoo's not a huge fan of him, and obviously the Carolina Panthers know that they need to upgrade. But that upgrade needs to come via a veteran quarterback. And I also, as I've said to you, don't believe David Tepper has the patience, as we've already seen. He didn't have the patience with Bridgewater. You think he has the patience to watch a rookie learn and grow for three years? New York still doesn't know whether Daniel Jones is the right guy. He got a ringing endorsement by Joe Shane, the general manager and former Carolina Panthers ticket office intern. And he also got an endorsement from Brian Dable, the new head coach and the owner, John Mara. He would get another opportunity this cup upcoming season. And that doesn't always happen that guys look bad for a couple years and they get an opportunity. Like, Josh Allen was terrible the first two years and exploded. And we've never seen someone have that star turn like Josh Allen has had. Typically, what happens is you're great off the bat, like Mahomes. No one's ever been that good that fast. But Brady, we knew he was good right away. We knew Aaron Rodgers after waiting was good. We saw with Deshaun Watson that he was great as soon as he started playing. Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, you know off the bat a lot of times, whether they're going to reach that star potential. Josh Allen just happens to be the outlier. And the outlier means that there's likely not going to be another one. We always talk about the term unicorn, which gets used so often. Unicorn is a mythical creature that doesn't even exist. But either way, it's just saying that that person, that thing, that entity is so different and unique. You're not going to find that in other quarterbacks. And I don't think you're going to find a unicorn Probably in free agency, but I don't think you're going to find one out of this draft class. Kenny Pickett was not good throughout his entire career at Pitt. Would have been drafted last year or undrafted. Then he has a great year this past year. He certainly has the pocket presence, has learned how to read a defense, having worked with Mark Whipple, who used to be the OC in Pittsburgh, and coach Ben Roethlisberger for one of the Super Bowls. So that's great experience that Kenny Pickett got. I just don't really buy into it. We can talk about the hand size thing all you want. I think it's dumb, but we've seen in the past here in Carolina. Guys with small hands, like Kyle Allen and like Jimmy Clausen, have had a ton of issues controlling and holding onto the football. Can you pick it? Wears two gloves. I can't have a quarterback with two gloves because that's like the swaglist thing you can ever do. But still. Hey, whatever, Kenny Pickett actually is kind of a cool dude if you've ever listened to any interviews that he's had, and I think people would actually really get behind him, and that's one of the things that's missing here in Carolina. I just don't believe in Kenny Pickett. Malik Willis, again, I did not really see much of him. What I saw from this past year against good teams was not great. But now this week, Senior Bowl week, will be important for him to go with or be able to play with actual NFL talent or future NFL talent and we'll see how he performs. Sam Howell. Love him. Holds on to the football too long. Um, he's durable. Took a lot of shots. Great deep ball thrower. Of all the guys there, best deep ball thrower. Never seen the Bailey Zappi kid. He also was an FCS quarterback that went to Western Kentucky. Huge numbers to put up last year. It's not like he did in the SEC like Joe Burrow. Uh, Carson Strong. Good arm. Strong arm. Played in Mountain West. Solid quarterback. But, like, that's not a guy you're taking at six. Um also, like, who are the other guys there? Um, I said how there's, – there's there's, one other dude, and that basically is me not endorsing him because I can't remember who it was. Matt Corral, I actually like Matt Corral. But are you taking Matt six? No. The Carolina Panthers, I think, have an opportunity to be a playoff team next year. Putting a rookie quarterback in a situation I don't think is the best case scenario for them. If they want to draft their rookie, do it next year after rules gone, presuming that the Carolina Panthers don't make the playoffs – and you have C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young coming out. I just don't think this is the draft class to go out there and get a rookie. For the time being, find that veteran, likely a Garoppolo, who can be here for a year, maybe two, and then set you up for the next season with a better quarterback class to get a quarterback opposed to getting one now and then getting to next year and being like, well, we just drafted one. Now we got to kind of work this one out unless you want to pull the whole Steve Kyman And uh, Arizona Cardinals thing where you say, Josh Rosen, get out of here. Kyler Murray, welcome. And that could very well be the situation where whoever they draft could very well look like way worse. These probably were second or third round picks that are going to be taking the first round this year at quarterback when you have surefire first rounders next year and Bryce Young and and CJ Stroud and whoever else emerges from college football. So that's how I feel right now about the quarterback class. Could change. I guess I'll go watch tape or whatever and crunch and grind and tape and all that nonsense that these draft nerds like to do. God bless the draft nerds. Of course, they help uh, me provide y'all with some opinions and thoughts on things, but you know, I have my own eyes, but either way, that's how I feel about that. I also have pretty strong feelings about the hire the Carolina Panthers made on Monday and why I think that might be the most important hire that Matt rule makes this off season. I'll get into that here in just a moment. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because they taste so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, or waxy, or tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets so boring. We're now a month into the new year, and you're probably wondering where is the chocolate while well, you're in luck. Built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Not only. Is Bilt Bar the better tasting option? It is by far the healthiest option. So go to Bilt.com and use LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: For those of you that have been Panther fans long enough, especially the last decade, it feels like annually the offensive line has been a problem for the Carolina Panthers. Had Cam Newton had a better offensive line and, of course, better weapons around him, who knows how his career would have ended. And maybe we won the Super Bowl back during Super Bowl 50 a couple years ago in Santa Clara instead of watching Von Miller and Demarcus Ware have their day against the blindside Michael Orr and the human term style himself, Mike Rimmers. Instead, the Carolina Panthers lose that game, and the main takeaway from everyone in the national media was Cam Newton not jumping on the fumbled football and then walking out of the press conference after the game. We're not going to sit here and debate those topics, but we can talk about how bad the offensive line has been, especially last year, giving up the fifth most sacks this past season with 52 sacks and not giving Cam, Darnold, or P.J. Walker much of a chance. Now, it's important to recognize that sacks are not always an offensive line stat, that the quarterback can be responsible for those. Cam Newton's had time in his career where he held onto the football too long, and Sam Darnold has also had those same problems when it comes to getting rid of the football on time. All that to be said, the offensive line has not been good and must improve, which is why I believe the hire on Monday, Matt Rule hiring James Campen, the former. Green Bay Packer offensive line coach for 15 years. The last two years he spent in Cleveland with the Browns and in last season with the Houston Texans might be the most important hire of the offseason. You brought in experience of Chris Tabor at special teams coordinator. You also brought in a veteran play caller and Ben McAdoo who had success when Eli Manning was his quarterback when he was the offense coordinator with the New York Giants taking a bottom of the league uh, offensive unit into one of the top 10 in the league over the course of two years. But I think James Campin is probably the most important hire that they made because the Carolina Panthers need to fix the offensive line. We went over this on a show on Monday. A guy who, in camping, is beloved by his former players, especially guys like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Favre already in the Hall of Fame. Aaron Rodgers will be a 1st ballot Hall of Famer whenever he decides to retire. Those guys speaking highly of him, especially Rodgers, who spent a lot of time feuding with uh, coaches and players in the front office in Green Bay throughout his career, especially the last couple seasons, for him to give... Out and ringing endorsement for James Campen should make you feel pretty good about who James Campen is and whether he can help turn around the unit here in Carolina. Going back to the conversation we had earlier on to the show with Scott Fitterer talking to Darren Gannon, Panthers.com, he was asked about James Campen and that hire and how they might now go about addressing the offensive line uh, during free agency and the draft process, and he was asked, does that open the door to new ways to dress the line, particularly thinking about the top tackle prospects, including Evan Neal, Charles Cross, and Iki Okuanu, who are not there In Mobile this week, Fitterer said, yeah, it's all about developing offensive linemen. Coach campen has got a long history of doing that. He's very well respected from the research we've done with people who have worked with him. He's good at evaluating talent as well as developing it. That's going to be huge for us because you can't always just pick offensive linemen in the first round. With the first six or seven picks in the draft, you have to be able to identify guys in the third round who can start for you and play for you, and he has a history of doing that. That's important because even if the Carolina Panthers get someone there, at number, one, at number six overall, excuse me, whether it's Evan Neal or Charles Cross or Ikea Kwanu, that's not going to be enough for them. We know for a fact they have one starter in Taylor, in Taylor Moten at right tackle. We feel pretty confident Brady Christensen will also have an opportunity, to, whether it's going to be at left tackle or, or one of the guard spots. So he will also start. I'm guessing right now Pat Elfline will be the starter at center. And after that, two open spots, either a guard position or a position at left tackle. we got to figure out who that's going to be. And when you look at the development process of it, Campin's evaluation of Brady Christensen will probably be pretty important now and heading into free agency in the draft to figure out where he thinks he best fits on the offensive line, even if he's not going to get an opportunity to coach him until after the draft. So that is something to think about. Also, Deontay Brown, what he sees on film, Deontay Brown will help them figure out whether it's important to get another guard in the draft or before then during free agency. Campen's gonna be huge in these evaluations, and I hope that he's given the uh, given the autonomy to make these decisions. Because obviously, Matt Rule and Co. whoever was evaluating the offensive line in the last two years, especially last season, the decision to sign Cam Irving and Pat Offline on the first day of free agency, like they can't be in charge of these evaluations. We've had the conversation: the Panthers missed out on Rashawn Slater, who ended up being a Pro Bowler at left tackle for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. is now going to be the blind side, hopefully, for the Chargers' sake for the next 10 years uh to, for Justin uh, Herbert. Even though the Carolina Panthers went best player available, and that's pretty well known, that's the way that they want to go into the draft each year. Even though, looking at it, they're probably going to want to get a left tackle this year if someone's available and they think that's their guy. And Well, it's probably going to be their best player available. I don't know. We'll see how things play out again. Um, there's also been people who've complained about Trey Smith, the sixth rounder who went to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, being there and the Panthers not taking him instead they took a long snapper instead, and Thomas Fletcher, who's likely going to be the long snapper next season, but either way did not play this year after suffering an injury and then stashed on season ending IR, and also I think a lot of those Panther fans who complained about Trey Smith, had no knowledge of the health concerns and the issues that led to him being in a sixth round, opposed to him going in the first, second round, where he probably should have gone had he been healthy and not dealt the blood clot issues that cost him a year of football at Tennessee. If that's news to you and you've complained about Trey Smith, maybe Google Trey Smith and figure out why he dropped back. Teams aren't that dumb. They had issues, but he turned out to be a really good player for Kansas City this past year, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Again, James Campen, I think, is a Huge hire for the Carolina Panthers with his background, the endorsements that he's gotten, and his track record in helping develop players later on in the draft. With the Carolina Panthers not having a ton of draft capital this year, especially in the later rounds, not having a draft, not having a pick until the fourth round after their pick at six, and needing to draft more offensive linemen and develop those guys, having and in-house this year and this offseason, will be so important for whoever is under center for the Carolina Panthers next year and this team's ability to have success and take that step forward in one offseason like we saw at the defense, where they invested in the defense the past two years, especially last offseason, some of the holes that they filled, to see that similar kind of jump for the offense next year. Will they have the top two offense one of the top two offenses in the National Football League next year? Unless they get like a Watson or a Wilson or a Rodgers, probably not. But they can certainly be a hell of a lot better than where they were this past year. And that will give them the opportunity to be a playoff team and afford Matt Rule a fourth year here in Carolina. Okay, so that's all I have for you on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure again to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and then soon we'll be on YouTube. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every Friday answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And to get those questions to me, you can either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council every single Friday, the weekly Friday mailbag. Until then, be safe, take care, and I'll talk to y'all on Thursday.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.